coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America. It's time for the finish line with Mike Melby on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Start your Absolutely love the intro. <laughs> Great job by Rico. Yeah, Rico's done a great job of us switching over some music from uh, one source to another. So uh, we thank Rico as always. Absolutely. I'm Mike Melby. That's Rebecca Pearson, Austin Orman behind the board once again. And uh, this is the finish line show number two. Uh, I want to give a big thanks to all the guys that I ran into at Eagle Raceway last night. Obviously, I spent a couple of nights out there in the past and I went through the pits to tell people about the show. We want you guys on board. This show isn't just about us to come on and say, hey, we think Denny Hamlin screwed Kyle Larson by wrecking him on the last lap, <laughs> which is the truth. The truth. We'll talk about that. <laughs> uh, but we, we want your thoughts and opinions. Uh, I want to bring up purses. Uh, there's a lot to be made about what's going on. Outlaws were there doing a doubleheader. They were running World of Outlaw sprint cars, World of Outlaw late models. Kyle was the only guy doing double duty. He jumps into his sprint car, runs the dash. He's not even out of his car after the dash and the sprints, and they sound the eight-minute horn for the A feature for the late models. He's talking to Paul Silva. They're getting the setup for what they want to do for the A feature. He you know, gets his helmet back on, starts to get into the late model, straps in. The eight minutes is gone by the time he gets on the track. And they're like, too bad, so sad. Your eight minutes was up, buddy. Go to the back. and You're not starting outside front row anymore. Yeah, no good. And it, it, afterwards, he was obviously pissed. Didn't I, it's like He's like, I'm the only guy pulling double duty. And like you literally gave me eight minutes from the checkered flag flying. Yeah. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then lo and behold, two months later, he announces with Brad Sweet, oh, by the way, we're going to start our own sprint car series called the High Limit Series. Yeah. They had a very successful opening uh, race last year. And coming here soon. They'll be at Eagle Raceway on June 6th. Uh, but it's, uh, it's interesting. So I want to delve into Kyle Larson, the possible feud with the World of Outlaws, which to me, something happened on Friday night. We'll talk about here in a minute. Uh, the Let's Race 2 at Eldora. Uh, they, they, they disqualified him from a heat race for not stopping under a red. I watched it. I guess that's technically the rule, but are you going to call and de now he was out of the race anyway, unless he could have put a top wing on, maybe he gets back up and, and, and he can qualify for the feature. Doesn't have to go through the B maybe, uh, there wasn't many laps left, but at the same time, if that's Brad sweet, are you really going to, you know, disqualify him from coming back into the race, your right. four-time and defending champion. Yep. But they or, obviously take advantage of that. Or yeah. are you going to go after the guy that just started a competing series? And yep. don't tell me it's not competing. I know he's working with them, right. and the Outlaws had to change the rules, specifically because their four-time and defending champion is one of the other co-promoters of the High Limit Series. So that's what we're talking about, though. We're talking racing for the next hour here on the finish line. We want to know your thoughts Kyle Larson, uh, World of Outlaws, NASCAR, NHRA, Tony Stewart running top fuel alcohol dragsters and winning races and top twos. Uh, dirt track, pavement, uh, Sports Car Club of America. They've got events out at Air Park. Are you a part of that? Do you want to be uh, have us talk about that? Let us know. You can hit me up on Twitter, at Melby67, and just say, hey, Melby, you guys need to talk about X or Y or Z. We don't care. We want to cover racing. Racing is a sport that we all love. We're all passionate about, and we want to know your thoughts on it. And before we do that, though, I'm going to get to 
the one and only segment that I absolutely love because it talks about everybody that won this last weekend and this last week. It is called Victory Lane, and we're going to roll through it right now. Starting with the NASCAR Cup Series, Denny Hamlin makes a last lap pass on Kyle Larson after he got into his left rear bumper Going down the backstretch on the final lap to put Larson into the wall. Hamlin takes the win. Not the first time he's wrecked somebody to win a race. Won't be the last. And I'm guessing Kyle will have a little payback for him at some point. Absolutely. That's just the way that it goes. It uh, yesterday at Kansas in the Truck Series, Grant Enfinger won his first race of the season. Eighth career win for Enfinger uh, at Kansas. All of the NASCAR Series, Trucks, Xfinity, and Cup are at Darlington. Trucks will run Friday, Saturday for Xfinity, Sunday, as always, for the Cup race. High Limit Series was rained out at Kokomo Speedway. They've rescheduled it, though. They will run in Kokomo, Indiana on August 1st uh, to keep that date and make sure that they can uh, get these guys uh, that extra twenty-three grand to win <laughs> and the big purse uh, like they've been trying to do. Uh, High Limit is off this coming week. They will race Tuesday the 16th at Wayne County Speedway in Wayne City, Illinois. All-Star Circuit of Champions on Thursday saw the aforementioned Kyle Larson take home the win. Kyle Larson has made 68 starts with the All-Star Circuit of Champions. In those 68 starts, he has 28 career wins. That is 40. Let me double check my numbers here. I want to say it is 41% of the time that he suits up with the all-star circuit of champions, Kyle Larson comes home in victory lane. Absolutely astonishing. And uh, it was a heck of a race, but uh, he gets it done once again. Tyler Courtney winds up running second. Rico Abreu third. And Rico and Ricky Warner paired up last year. Ricky Warner won 10 World of Outlaws titles as the crew chief for Donnie Shots. The guy knows his way around a sprint car, and he knows his way around the World of Outlaw tracks and pretty much any track uh, in the United States. It took a while for those two to figure some things out. But Rico Abreu, uh, the, the young man's always had talent. Yeah, we know that. And uh, he's really starting to see it. Uh, as I will let you know how the rest of his weekend went with the World of Outlaws. It was Let's Race 2 at Tony Stewart's Eldora Speedway Friday night. Logan Schuhart held off Rico and got his first win of the season, 36th of his career. Donnie Schatz came from a little bit further back, worked his way up to third. And then last night, Rico ran away. I thought Sheldon had it. Sheldon was yep. on the pole. And Rico just said, yeah, uh, see you. Wouldn't want to be you. Uh, was not overly close, although Schatz came in uh, near the end, as did David Gravel. Gave him a run for his money. But uh, Rico Abreu, first time he's ever won three World of Outlaw races in a single calendar year. I believe it's his 12th overall World of Outlaw win. Outlaws, the sprint cars, will be uh, invading the Pennsylvania Posse next week. Wednesday, they're going to be at Lincoln Speedway. Friday and Saturday at Williams Grove in Mechanicsburg. Uh, some of the best racing and, mm -hmm. and the, the Posse versus the Outlaws. Always, always unbelievable. World of Outlaw late models. <sighs> As it's been with a lot of local series, a lot of national series, local tracks, Mother Nature won Friday and Saturday. They had dual preliminary features on Thursday at Mississippi Thunder Speedway in Fountain City, Illinois, or F Fountain City, Wisconsin. And Brandon Shepard took home the win on Thursday night in prelim number one. Jake Tim tangled with a lap car on the last lap, and that's what allowed Shepard to take the lead. Tim was leading. Gets tangled up with a lap car, takes him out of it. Shepard, hey, every guy running second will take that yep. any day of the week. Kate Dillard won the other one. 
racing for the lead on lap 15, though, Kate Dillard and Brent Larson got together, and it looked a little bit like Dillard may have uh, given him a Tap. little bit of a shoulder, and they were racing <laughs> for the lead. Dillard goes on to win. Larson goes on to say after the race, he will now race him a little differently. Uh-huh. So uh, the Outlaw Late Models are off next week. Lucas Oil Dirt Late Models, they had a three-race weekend Thursday at Atomic Speedway in Chillicothe, Ohio. Hudson O'Neill, fifth win of the season between all the series. Kyle Larson was fourth in that race, so Larson raced Thursday night. Uh, well, no, they, take that back. Never mind. I'm, I'm thinking of, of a different race. So Thursday night, uh, Hudson O'Neill picks up fifth win of the season. Friday, Ponderosa Speedway in Junction City, Kentucky. Mike Marler, fourth win of the season. And then the man that's been dominating uh, with late models all over the board this year, Ricky Thornton Jr., eighth win of the season between all the series in Walton, Kentucky on Saturday night with the Lucas Oil Dirt Late Models. That was at Florence Speedway. Uh, next weekend, the 12th and 13th, they are at Farmer City Raceway at in Farmer City, Illinois on Friday, Fairbury Speedway in Fairbury, Illinois on Saturday. Knoxville last night finally got their season opener in. Aaron Reitzel sweeps both 410s and 360s. A much disliked Aaron Reitzel by most other competing racers and fans. Uh, he has his own little group, but he's not a very well-liked man. Uh, ask Wayne Johnson if you haven't seen the video of Wayne Johnson and him and the fight in the pits. It's awesome. Uh, and then Matthew Stelzer <laughs> brings home uh, the 305 win at Knoxville last night. In USAC, Silver Crown and the Midgets were both dark this last weekend. Amsoil National Sprints were the support class for the World of Outlaw Sprints at Eldora. Justin Grant took home the win on Friday. C.J. Leary on Saturday. And the Amsoil Sprints are next in action the 23rd through 25th at Terre Haute on Thursday and then that Friday, Saturday at Circle City Raceway in Indy. NHR, excuse me. How are you holding up there, Mike? You're just like on a roll. I'm on a roll. NHRA (laughs) was dark this last weekend at Eagle last night in the sprints. Jason Danley took home the win in the modifieds. Johnny Sadoff in the sport mods. Gary Sadoff. Dylan Richards comes from 10th and brings home the win in the stock car class and in the hobby stocks last night. Michael Wade with a last lap pass. At last corner pass even out of four for the win uh, in the hobby stocks at Eagle and Beatrice on Friday night in the modifieds Jordan Grabowski brings home the win Devin Peterson in the sport mods stock car winner Dylan Richards he pulls off the sweep at Beatrice and Eagle over the weekend Adam Wasserman in the hobby stocks and the sport compact and Beatrice saw Kaylee Richards pick up the win so the victory lane uh, I, I like I said I want to cover a lot I want everybody to know who's winning locally you know what? Tell me about your weekend. Call up, text in, let us know how you did. I, I'd love to have Dylan Richards call in right now and say, hey, you know what? Uh, I kicked everybody's butt. Or yeah. heck of a race, whatever. Give props to your competitors. We don't care. But uh, have some fun with it. We're trying to have fun with it. We are. You did a great job doing that roundup, Mike. Oh, I'm not you. sure we can top that. We might have to give you a time limit and see if you can get it all in in one, you know. I, that's true. <laughs> Very true. Um, I feel like we need the disclaimer at the end, right, that goes really fast. So the, the one question I have for you is, how many times have you been to a dirt racetrack? Uh, probably three times now. So okay. last night now, was number three. <laughs> that was great. So Eagle Raceway um, is, it, at one point it was billed the world's fastest third mile track, and it was for a while. Um, high banks, The as, as the night wore on too, because you, you left a little early, yep. you, you were asking about the lines that they take. Yes. And I told you that some of the best races that I always see there are when the cushion is literally at the wall. Right. The way the A feature played out for the sprint cars, and by the end of the modified feature, it was up there. 
the sprint car a feature the the cushion was at the wall at the wall yeah so you know uh, we were talking about the banking last week and uh, i was talking about nascar and how you know whether those degrees of banking so i actually looked that up so we could chat about it tonight a little bit and noticed it last night so uh the nascar track the fastest track is talladega and it's at 31 degrees uh, or 33 degrees i've been to daytona and stood on that bank it was 31 so the dirt tracks i couldn't find eagle but uh junction which we'll talk about later um as a like a six and nine degree type and 11 degree in the turns kind of a thing so you know just a dramatic difference there for these dirt tracks but still very noticeable when you're standing there oh absolutely and if you ever get the chance to to either before races or after races if you're ever at a deagle and you go stand at the the top of turn one or the top of turn or you know one and two and then three and four and look down i mean it's, it's about 22 degrees banking okay that's amazing um yeah. flip side you go to knoxville and and there's not a ton of banking and the interesting thing is um most guys will run wide open uh, guys will run wide open in a 305 at Eagle. Um, they will use the brake, especially if they're running on the low side. But at Knoxville, with no banking, just a big, wide half mile with not a lot of banking, they'll run the four tens flat out, wi- yep. flat out, wide flat out, open. throttle control to get around, and that's yep. it, right? Well, yep. they, and they, they don't they don't lift though. <laughs> yep, they just flat out. They they it's flat out yep. all the way okay. around Knoxville. That's awesome. Um, and and that's it's that's the way al- to go. Always interesting <laughs> when you talk about the guys that drive the sprint cars because of the way that they literally steer the car at times with the right foot mm-hmm. and, and they'll touch the brake. But, you know, in a 305 right now around Eagle or wherever they race 305s, they, they, they've got the 305 Nationals at Belleville, Belleville Speedway uh, as well. If those guys lift, there's not enough horsepower there to get you your momentum back as quick as you need. Yeah. And that's one of the things, uh, guys that have jumped from the 360 into a 305, I know uh, there's always an adjustment period. I'm sure that's one of the hardest things when you're first getting into those cars, you know, which I hope to get into one of them. Somebody's going to give me a ride here one of these days. You know, and, and it's the same when you're on asphalt as well, is just you, you can't let up, right, because you can't get the momentum back. You can't hit the turn, the next turn that you need. You have to be going a certain speed in, in order to get all the way around the track in the fastest line that you can get. So it was really fun to watch last night. I love the crowd, the fan experience. Like, you know, if you get me at these things, I like to talk about the people as much as the race you know oh yeah well and, the, and that's the interesting thing i had, had the opportunity to run through the pits and talk to a bunch of uh, people that i knew some people i didn't know i just started walking into people's trailers i'm like hey how you doing you gotta you guys gotta <laughs> listen to our show we're gonna have some fun we call in text in uh and be a part of the show um one of the things that eagle did I, I believe it was third week in april they made the announcement um and and it has to do with money and at the end of the day, everybody that jumps in a race car wants to win something. They're not out there racing just to go spend money and have fun. Well, they are. But they also want can, to can, – did I win enough to pay for you gas pay for the to hobby. Yeah, you got to pay for your hobby somehow. And Eagle did something that's, that's really interesting to try to help car counts – because if you help the car counts and you put on a better show, you get more butts and seats. Butts and seats means more money, which means you can offer bigger purses, which means, I mean, it's, it's all a real natural cycle. So Eagle came out back in April and said any class of cars that they run, and they run the five different classes, you've got sprints, modified, sport mods, stock cars, and hobby stocks. Mm-hmm. If you bring 30 cars, if your, your class has 30 cars in it, we are going to throw an extra $1,000 in the purse. Not to first place. It's going to get paid out throughout the field. And, and at least $1,000. So mm-hmm. depending on the number of cars, they may have to pay you know, $1,000 or $1,100, $1,200 just because 40 cars showed up. But I thought that was unbelievably um, inventive. Because, mm-hmm. again, bottom line is you can't support the racetrack. You can't have great shows. You can't have the Race Saver Nationals at Eagle or the Knoxville Nationals at Knoxville without people coming to the racetrack paying the money, 
buying the, the concessions, having a beverage, whether it's a pop or a water, a Gatorade or, or, or an alcoholic beverage, you need the money and the income to be able to put these shows on. It is unbelievably difficult. I've been on kind of both sides. I worked for Craig Cormack, and he owned Eagle Raceway for a decade. I know that side of it. I know how hard it is to even break even in a year. Oh, yeah, definitely. And the racer side, I know how I much it. money they cost. Passion, yeah. For most it's, of those racers, it's passion. It is. Right? It's a passion. Mm-hmm. So to me, this is a great discussion. You were more involved with the more the bigger national series. Right. How How is that different from the way they do it locally? Yeah, you know, in, in some ways it's not different at all. Uh, um, and obviously when you're in the bigger series, you feel like you have more support. But I would say it's an ongoing challenge there as well. I mean, you could talk about NASCAR all day long and the dying breed of a NASCAR fan, which is what I was dealing with for most of my career is the fact that people weren't watching NASCAR anymore. How do they recruit new folks? But it all starts at grassroots. And certainly I worked for ExxonMobil, Mobile One. We were into grassroots and supporting the grassroots. So one of the reasons I wanted to do this show is because I know how much the community can make a difference. Because you have passionate drivers, you also have um, community businesses that want to sponsor. We met some of them last night. Some of our friends of the station are there. They're, they have cars. They're fielding cars. They're sponsoring the track. Uh, you know, and it's a, you're building a community no matter what. So the big series are similar. Uh, yes, they have a lot more support. We could talk about Formula One all day long and some of its challenges when you're looking at the business of sports. Uh, so you need you need a fan experience. And that's what I love when I go to these small tracks is seeing that fan experience. And I would just say for anyone who's looking for something to do with your family on a weekend, very affordable, great food, you know, nice environment. You can take your kids. There's things to do. You know, go out to the dirt track and, and watch some racing. It's just fun. You can't help but root for those folks. So that fan experience makes a huge difference in keeping the series going because you need the fans to come support that. And then, you know, half the racers are doing it for fun as a passion project. Some of the sponsors are doing it for passion. Some of them really benefit from that from a business perspective. So a lot of, a lot of commonality, whether it's a large uh, following or a large sport uh, following like NASCAR Formula One that I was involved with a lot or grassroots, which is really where we all sort of love to play, right? Because you can just so much access. You can walk into the pits. You can talk to the drivers, you know, stand around, meet somebody's family. It's it's a great um, it's a great experience. Yeah. And the one thing that kind of gets lost with people as far as average fan that's going to show up to Eagle or to Beatrice or to McCool Junction or wherever else or over to Knoxville or go down to Kansas Speedway. You sit there and you see, okay, um, you know, Denny Hamlin won uh, $200,000 or whatever today for winning the the cup race. Um, If you win a World of Outlaws feature, 80% of the shows pay $10,000 to win. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of money to you and I. However, the interesting thing is I've heard that for an outlaw guy to run the full series, now they're going to race 70 to 75 times on a 90 race schedule due to rainouts and other things that may pop up. And for them to drop the door on the trailer and roll the car out <laughs> in the pits, mm-hmm. it costs the owner of that car $10,000. Yeah, I was just going to say probably ten grand, right? It's yep. ten grand mm-hmm. for them simply to unlock show the up. padlock mm-hmm. and show up. Yep. So I'm like, okay, they're racing for ten grand to win, so only one guy is going to break even tonight. Now, granted, their sponsorship money's in there. There's other – there's – point funds that are involved and there's different ways for guys to make money interesting though last year brett marks set a record for the most money won by a sprint car driver in a single season six hundred and forty two thousand dollars wow brett marks does not run with the and we got a like we have an emergency uh, emergency coming on okay 
All righty, so severe thunderstorm warning a little bit south of Lincoln, uh, but in Gage County down by Beatrice. Looks like Syracuse uh, might be in the path of this as well. So uh, could be an interesting night uh, here on the ticket with a little bit of talk about some racing. I know Ricky Simmons is in the house, huh? and uh, his unbelievable show, if you've never caught it, you it's an absolute must-listen, and uh, then dodge some hailstones and raindrops. But I want to go ahead and take a quick break right now. When we come back on the other side, we're going to try and catch him, hopefully dodging the weather on his way back from Kansas Speedway, uh, a second-generation sprint car driver from right here in Lincoln, Nebraska. A good friend of mine, Ty Jensen, is going to join us and tell us all about what happened with the cup race uh, down in Kansas. It's the finish line on 93.7 The Ticket. Rico here with HIS Auto Care at 70th and Van Dorn, letting you know HIS is a great place to bring your vehicle for service. With superior service, bumper to bumper, we'll treat your vehicle like it's your mother's. It doesn't get any better than that. So call 402 488 8934 and HIS Auto will make you glad you did. 5% off, mention this ad, and for sure your mother be proud you called. 402-488-8934, HIS Auto Care, 7th and Van Doren. God bless you. At first, I was really nervous and intimidated to buy a ring. I wasn't sure what I was getting into. My experience at Sarder Heyman was very easy. I felt like I walked out of Sarder Heyman with the ring that was going to make her go wow and say yes. I love my ring. It is so beautiful. I absolutely love my ring. I get compliments on it all the time. I always tell them Sarder Heyman. Yeah, we would definitely recommend Sarder Heyman. Yeah, it was great. We're definitely, definitely coming, coming back. back. <laughs> Sarder Heyman Jewelers, Lincoln and Grand Island. Sarder Hi everyone, Kendall Warnock, A1 Automotive in downtown Lincoln. Spring is here, summer is fast approaching. With weddings, vacations, and weekend getaways on your mind, do not let car issues prevent you from getting where you need to be. Car problems shouldn't be something that you put up with. Let us get you back on the road in comfort and safety. We diagnose all makes and models from Porsches to Hondas, Toyotas, and Chevrolets. We fix a variety of issues with all of them with our talented techs and our experienced staff. A1 Automotive at 11th and L, downtown Lincoln. Always honest answers. Sandhills Global is hiring. Check out sandhills.jobs for more information. Sandhills is looking to fill hundreds of new openings in sales, traveling support, software development, web design, and more. Sandhills has a professional culture and is fast-paced with a focus on growth, innovation, and leading-edge technologies. Career and internship opportunities are available at our global headquarters in Lincoln, Nebraska. Apply today at sandhills.jobs. There's never been a better time to earn more on your checking account. Open a free Kasasa Cash Checking account with Liberty First Credit Union and earn up to 5.5% APY for up to $40,000. It's simple. Open your Kasasa Cash Checking account online or stop into any of the four Lincoln locations or Seward and Omaha branches. Liberty First makes switching easy and Kasasa Checking is always free. See LibertyFirstCU.com for details. Federally insured by NCUA. Liberty First Credit Union. Banking with purpose. Gaina Trucking is hiring CDL Class A and B drivers. Gaina Trucking guarantees a 40-hour work week year-round, and their strong team culture makes it not a job, but a career. Gaina Trucking offers health, vision, and dental insurance, 401k with company match, an employee assistance program, and other bonus programs. Build a better career today with great team culture at Gaina Trucking. Learn more and apply today at GainaTrucking.com. 
Spring sports are here and it's time to upgrade your equipment. But don't go rushing to your big box store. Played Against Sports is your place to go for all spring sports equipment for baseball, softball, golf, and disc golf. Played Against Sports has quality, slightly to gently used equipment, and 50% of their inventory is actually new equipment. And don't forget, buying from them is a great way to get new products with great discounts by also bringing in your used items for store credit or cash on the spot. Played Against Sports at 48th and Vine. Several irrigation contractors in Lincoln go out of business every year, leaving sprinkler system orphans begging for service. The folks at Judson Irrigation shed a tear for these little fellas. They've been coddling these orphans for more than 40 years. From redesign, repairing, replacing, and restoring, remember the Judson Irrigation Orphanage. Call the Judson Irrigation Orphanage, 402-420-6277 or judsonirrigation.com. Back to the finish line with Mike Melby on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. I can air drum with the best of them. <laughs> looking good, looking good. I can also air guitar, air bass. I can even air saxophone, but uh, yeah, anyway. Still can never play a musical instrument. Welcome back to the finish line. My name is Mike Melby. That is Rebecca Pearson, Austin Orman, driving the boat tonight. And uh, on the... Honda of Lincoln Hotline, we have got second-generation sprint car driver from right here in Lincoln, Nebraska, a good friend of mine, Ty Jensen. Him and his son, Aiden, decided to go down to Kansas Speedway in Kansas City today and check out the cup race. Ty, um, one, are you good right now with the weather that's kind of going through the area? Yeah, it's, it hasn't started yet. I can see the lightning coming and rain in the in the distance, but we're good. Okay, okay, just wanted to make sure. Take cover we, if you need to. Yeah, it, right. It, it, Duck and covered, yeah. <laughs> we'll <laughs> yeah. understand. Yeah, don't teach Aiden to tuck and roll, though. That's a bad thing. <laughs> right, right. Um, so you guys head down. Did you, this is a, a one-day trip for you. What time did you guys leave this morning? No, well, we left about 9 o'clock this morning, got down there about 11.30, had, had lunch, then went over to the track and kind of hung around there for a little bit and watched the race and hightailed it out of there right after the <laughs> checker. I can imagine. Now, uh, Kansas has got kind of a unique setup with the way they've got uh, the fans that can go underneath turn one through the tunnel and get into the infield. Did you guys have an opportunity to do that today, or have you done it in the past? Uh, we have not done that. We did the uh, the fan walk a few years ago uh, where you go down across the start-finish line and you could sign the finish line and take pictures of other cars and all that, but we did not do that today. Yeah, I was going to say, a little, little press for time. So with today's race, um, what kind of caught your attention outside of what happened on the last lap? Uh, kind of walk us through a little bit, if you would, uh, how things transpired today down in Kansas. Um, the one thing they kept talking about on the radio, because we did the scanner and all that, um, is how dominant the Toyotas were there, and they really were. They, For most of the race, it was like the top six, seven cars were all Toyotas, and and sure enough, one of them won. Um, I was kind of hoping for a Chevy myself, but all right. <laughs> Same here. Um, and now, with the scanner, uh, that package being able to listen to all those guys, what type of things do you pick up on that, I mean, you know, obviously a little bit about setting up race cars. Uh, yeah. They're not necessarily stock cars. You you know, from a sprint car standpoint, you're an expert, but with stock cars, but you still understand the terminology. Um, when you were hearing things, did you get... Like, okay, so Larson's going to loosen the car up here. Uh, how fun is it to listen in on the radio? Um, I like doing that a lot. It's, it's I don't know, it, I, I really like doing that as opposed to just listening to the broadcast of it. Um, hear what the crew chiefs are saying, spotters are saying, drivers are saying. So 
we'll go back and forth between that and the broadcast itself. But personally, I like the the driver commentary. Were you ever able to pick up anything uh, over the years on the, the way they were talking about the way a car was handling? They made a change that you went in the back of your mind. I'm going to file that away because I have similar you know, needs with my car sometimes going into coming out of a corner, and I may try something. Um, I would say just the verbiage that they're using. Just, they, they give so much information about if it's loose here, tight here, loose on, off. Um, rolls through the center nice, just stuff like that, I think is, I mean, that would help more than anything. Hang on one quick second, Ty. I want to, I want to make sure what we got, we got a emergency alert going on again. And welcome back to the finish line. And we have got another severe thunderstorm warning for Southern Lancaster County this time. Um, crazy night with weather, but you know what? You got to roll with it. Bottom line, we're a public service uh, That's right. opportunity here as well. That we're, we're here to serve the, the city of Lincoln and the, the people here, make sure everybody's going to be safe. So, so make sure we're you gonna, take cover. Yeah. Take cover, yeah. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, we are talking racing, though. I've got uh, second-generation sprint car driver from Lincoln, Nebraska, on with me, Ty Jensen. Ty was down at the cup race in Kansas. And, Ty, we were talking about the, the radio and stuff that you learned. You were talking about the terminology. Um, is it stuff that, that helped you with the car, though, uh, and, and you and Brian and Adam and, and the crew that you had back in the day? Um, not necessarily the, the setup-wise, just the terminology, just how much information they're giving to to the crew chief and the crew themselves, just about how to, to talk about how the car is going and everything. Uh, I think that would help more than anything. Nice. Now, how did Kyle Larson get the lead? I did not see that. I know he led the uh, probably, what, 25 or 30 of the final laps other than the last half lap? Yeah, he um, he actually had a really good car all day. He, he took the lead early in the race and got um, – actually spun out on lap five and had to go to the back and work his way back up. Um, but, yeah, he took the lead um, shortly after the last stage started. He was pretty much out front the whole last stage um, until the last lap. And then the last lap, walk me through that. You knew Hamlin was right there. Did it look as blatant live as it did on the replays that I've seen? Um, it's hard to tell perspective-wise from where we were sitting but yeah it looked pretty blatant like he was he was gonna do something to move him out of the way granted hamlin was faster um at that point in the run um but i don't know it would have been nice to have a clean race to the checkered and have him win with no contact yeah absolutely um for for those that don't know walk me through a little bit uh what what it's like behind the wheel um, when you've got, say, a perfect, perfect handling race car. Uh, granted, yours is behind the wheel of a sprint car, but uh, is, is it as easy as sometimes these guys make it look? Um, yeah, if the car's right, yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, my, my dad has won a, a lot of races, and he always told me that when the car's right, Grandma could drive the car. And he's, he's right. It's, it's super easy when, you're, when everything's set up right, hooked up, and and not having to fight the car or fight the track or anything. Now, we, we were out at Eagle last night. Rebecca got her first taste out there. And uh, had a couple of people asking when you were going to come back out, if, if you ever had any interest <laughs> in coming back out. And I was like, I, you never know. I, yeah, you, you never n- know. Never say never. So it, was this Aiden's first cup race? Uh, no, we've been down there a couple times before. Okay. And so it, how, how old was Aiden the first time he went down? Because I know Grayson's, um, what, four now? Yeah, Grayson's four now. Uh, Aiden was probably five or six the first time we went down okay 
So who's his driver? Who does he like? Yeah. Who's What's a- that? Who's Aiden's favorite who's driver? Who's Aiden's driver? Um, he likes Larson now just because I do and his background with sprint cars and everything. Uh, before, he was a Jimmy Johnson fan, but okay. yep. kind of converted him over to Larson. <laughs> so let me ask you a question. I already know the answer, but I think it's funny. Uh, if yourself and Brian Brown were on the race to, in a, in a King, uh, King of the Hill race, who would Aiden uh-huh. be cheering for? Aiden would be cheering for Brian Brown for sure. There's no question about it. He, I don't know. He he loves that guy. All righty. Well, Ty, we'll let you get back safely. Uh, safe travels to you and Aiden. Thanks for uh, checking in with us and letting us know uh, how things were today with the Cup Race at Kansas. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. All right. Take care. Thanks for checking in. I could tell a little bit about what it's like to sit in the pit box because I did that many times. Really? Uh, oh, yes. Yeah. When you sponsor these teams, you get to sit in the pit box for tire changes, whole races. And I was there when Tony Stewart won the championship. I was in the pit box at Homestead. Uh, I was going to say down at Homestead. Oh, yeah. Down at Homestead. And it was, you know, it was a mobile one story, actually, which I won't tell. But, you know, great. It was our oh. first year with him. Um, he had, you know, he had to start the back of the pack, I think, twice. You know, this was a, a fight for... Uh, the championship that year with Carl Edwards, I believe. Um, and yeah, you know, when you're sitting there, uh, usually you can get a couple of uh, either staff or you bring your, you know, your VIPs up there and you can watch, you see everything because you're looking at the controls, right? And you're watching when they're getting ready to pit, when they're changing tires, all the strategy, all that conversations going on from the pit box. But what's the coolest, I think, is actually when they come in for a tire change because you're literally there. And I don't know if it's more fun to sit up in the pit box or be down on the ground when they're going over the wall. The one question I have then, there's 20 or, well, yeah, it's going to be, there's 20 lug nuts that come off of the tires. Yes. That do not get picked up. No. How often do they just go sailing? They do go sailing. Yes, they are flying. You don't, you don't want to be anywhere right by that wall when they're changing tires. There's equipment, there's cords flying, you know, because. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're they're taking their uh, whatever you call. I can't think of what the name of that thing is, right? That's the, the thing that takes the lug nuts off. But yes, uh, things the lug nuts are flying everywhere. You know, I think they're so focused with getting the new lug nuts on tight, right? Because you don't want to send oh, them yeah. out. That's and it happens unfortunately more than you would like. But it's I mean it's a well-oiled machine to watch them change tires. Well, the interesting thing when when I was calling games for the stars, uh, we had three different years that NASCAR would come into the building. And they would talk to the guys, uh, our, our hockey players, and say, you may have an interest in a career as a crewman. Mm-hmm. Do any of you know anything about cars? And most <laughs> of them would be no. Right. One of them, however, and it's somebody I want to try to get his brother on uh, one of our shows. One of them, Brent Tate, he goes, well, I know a little bit about engines and stuff because my brother races jet boats. So we may have to get Brett Tate's uh, brother uh, on to talk. Racing jet, is racing. Jet boat racing. Kentucky Derby to cars to jet skis, boats. We can do it all. Yeah, yeah it made yesterday with the win. At, oh, uh, it's amazing. Downs. Did you watch that race? Oh, I my did. gosh. It was amazing. Yeah, was I, just... I, I actually predict I, my call was uh, two weeks ago, two fills. So I was a little bummed because I had two fills. Well, but... he was a favorite, but uh, and Mage wasn't talked about, you know, just no. uh, from behind. I just I love those stories, but to watch Mage in those last whatever five ten seconds, it just like yep. blow away two yep. fills, right? Yep. It was great, <laughs> fantastic. It was, um, and and that's 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 the fun part about the shows. We can we can pivot from jet boat racing to horse racing, <laughs> sprint car racing doesn't make any difference. When you're on the pit box though, and you're watching all the stuff that goes on. How debated is fuel stops in races where it is just green and they're talking about fuel consumption and do we want to short pit, that type of stuff? Is it, like, prevalent? Does it get heated? Oh, no. Well, 
you know, I was with a couple of teams. So the teams I was with never heated, right? Crew chief makes the call, but he's engaging with his team. Um, and, you know, depending on how they've structured their uh, expertise, sometimes one or two of the people will have more say in the making that decision. But no, you're, there's not a lot of fighting going on with the crew, right? There's the crew chiefs in charge. They're making decisions and off you go. Well, I was thinking more between the driver. Oh, the driver. And, oh, and my gosh. the crew chief. With oh, the... gosh. Oh, no. These guys, to me, these guys are, uh, yeah, they live and die by their crew chiefs because they, they have all the controls. They can see what's happening, right? Um, and they're, and you're talking, in our case, we were talking about uh, motor oil and what it can do for extending uh, fuel efficiency, which is actually how Tony won the championship at Homestead. That's why it's such a great story. We could actually see the data where Mobile One, the, the particular Mobile One we put in his car, helped him get the fuel savings that he needed to not, you know, have to pit that last round. So Really? Yeah. So, no, I don't think, well, again, I guess you've got, uh, they don't have any way to know what their fuel situation is really right they're not they're not looking at all the activity going on around them so they're pretty dependent on their crew chiefs which i always found just peculiar the the two things that always struck me about nascar is there's no fuel gauge there's nothing that gives them a a warning of you know how how long because the technology's there well they know how many laps they can go at certain tracks right you know i I get it yeah and the other thing is there's no speedometer right when you especially when you get onto pit road yeah now do you want a guy checking a speedometer just to see if he's clipped 200 miles an hour as he's going into turn one at Daytona? No. But from a from a safety standpoint, uh, and a, a, I mean, who cares if everybody has one standpoint? When they get into the pits and their speed limits. But they know, you, right? You've been doing this your whole life. You know how fast you're going. There's always speeding penalties. <laughs> well, there are. There are. Yeah, I guess there are. But, you know, it's they know how fast they're going. It's just uh, it's experience. And, yes, they do make mistakes, right? Like anything. Well, you're exactly. hoping for a mistake. But you're also pushing the limit to try to get out before the next guy, especially if you're pitting at the same time, right? If you can get a position in a in a pit stop, that's fantastic. Oh, absolutely. Hard to do, but fantastic. Oh, truly is yeah so denny hamlin wins the race down at kansas today with a uh, a last lap bump and run of kyle larson larson uh, interesting weekend uh winds up winning on thursday gets dq'd in a heat race on friday night with the world of outlaws uh but yeah won in the sprint car on thursday night with the all-stars and today comes home second uh probably should have won but it is what it is uh we'll wrap up the show we'll talk maybe a little bit more about purses we might talk about my wonder if there's a feud between the world of outlaws and Kyle Larson and uh, also talk about some, uh, some big money uh, that is going to be paid out in the world of sprint car racing this year. Cause someone is going to win a million dollars for winning a single race in a sprint car this year. It'll be That's first time gonna be something. in the history. Uh, more on the finish line here on 93, seven, the ticket after this. Tailored Life is now open in Bennett. Make the short drive down Highway 2 for tons of items for your home, for both indoors and outdoors. Check out their variety of potted trees, shrubs, vines, perennials, and colorful annuals. Plus, porch pots and landscape lighting to enhance the outside of your home. Don't forget their home goods for indoors, plus convenient drinks and snacks, most which are produced locally. Visit Tailored Life today in Bennett and stay tuned to their Facebook page at Tailored Life 360 for food truck events coming up. You don't think about your roof very often, but you should never take it for granted. Roofing Service Company takes every measure to provide you with the highest quality roofing solution. Whether it's a new roof installation, roof repair, or a re-roofing project, their overall goal is to provide you with a pleasant experience and a long-lasting roof. If you have a need for siding or gutters, they're your place too. Visit RoofingServiceCompany.com for more info today. 
Too many people believe that chronic pain, allergies, or illness are permanent and something you're stuck with. Novotny Nutrition and Wellness has been proving that narrative wrong for 29 years and changing lives for the better in the process. Their team is trained in the newest, most advanced pain relieving techniques and ways to deal with toxins, allergies, pollution, and emotion that make you ill. Call today for a free consultation at 531-254-5695 or go to NovotnyNutritionAndWellness.com. Novotny Nutrition and Wellness, located at 7th and Superior. Mother's Day is on Sunday, May 14th. Do you know what you're getting your mom this year? Stop procrastinating and get her the one thing that she wants, a massage. The Body Shop in Lincoln offers all sorts of massages. All you have to do to win this Mother's Day is get mom a gift card from The Body Shop. Swedish massage, deep tissue massage, hand and foot massage, and so much more. Gift cards can only be bought online at thebodyshoplincoln.com. The Body Shop, located at 48th and A. Hey, it's Nicklin Hames from Nebraska Volleyball. I hate wasting time in practice, and I want to help you stop wasting your time when you're looking for an electrician. High Electric has been serving the area for over 30 years for both residential and commercial properties. They are experts in everything like remodeling, new additions, hot tub installation, and more. And they take jobs from Beatrice to Omaha and all towns, big or small, in between. Call them today at 402-466-6606 or learn more at high-electric.com. Attention all Wings fans, 89 Cent Wings are back on Tuesdays at Buffalo Wings and Rings in Lincoln. Enjoy the best wings in town for boneless or traditional at a price that makes the whole family happy. And now at the Williamsburg Village Wings and Rings, you can enjoy $1.50 Tall Boys in Bud Light, Coors Light, Bush Light, and Michelob Ultra every day after 7 p.m. and all day on Sundays. Get to Wings and Rings today and make sure to stop by on Tuesdays for 89 Cent Wings. A lot of businesses say that they're family-focused, but when tough situations in life arise, the business feels anything but for your best interests. James Enterprise Incorporated is hiring, and they will always treat their employees like family, as they do with customers. James Enterprise Incorporated is hiring Class A and B CDL drivers, a shop tech, and diesel mechanic. If you're looking for a career with a company that goes above and beyond to value you and your family, apply today at jamesenterpriseinc.com or call 402 432-6740. This is Megan Walker from Nebraska Track and Field. Some kids wish for a family dog. Others wish for a family. Last month, over 100 kids needed a foster family and home. A gift to Cedars makes an immediate impact on Lincoln's kids. On Give to Lincoln Day, Wednesday, May 24th, your gift goes even further. Go to givetolincoln.com to make your gift to Cedars and support Lincoln's kids today. To the finish line with Mike Melby on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back to the finish line. I am Mike Melby. That is Rebecca Pearson. Austin Norman is racing the car tonight. Doing a fantastic job as always. You're more than welcome to chime in on the Sutter Heyman text line. 402-464-5685 or the Honda of Lincoln hotline. We'll throw you on if you want to talk about anything racing related or car related. Um, we we're just talking about off air, the, the cars that we have, uh, I currently have an 09 Mazda Mazda six. It's a little sporty thing that had the, whatever package that when I bought it, they told me it didn't. 
and I got tires. They said, no, you have 18-inch wheels, not 17, and they only come on the whatever touring yep. package. So you're going to spend have... $275 a tire, not 200 I'm like, yeah, yay. I have a 2015 Mazda 3 six-speed I bought so I could autocross. And I uh, have yet to take it on the track and to road, road race with. But okay, so the question is. we 17-inch t- on mine. Nice. <laughs> we were talking about the uh, Sports Car Club of America and yes. the races out at Air Park. Are you yep. going to plan on jumping into one of those I, You know, year? I'm going to go check it out in a couple of weeks when they're there. And then, yeah, you know, i got to I got to join SCCA again, you know, get back in the swing of things. But if I can do a club event, I'd probably prefer to do that to get going. Um, so I'm sure the BMW Club here, Porsche Club, the Corvette Club, all those guys are around here. And, and you can take any car up well, there. Well, and that's. So. And, and that's the thing. If, if you're listening and you're a member of one of those clubs, uh, hit us up at the station. Absolutely. Um, yep. You know, and you can contact me on Twitter at Melby67. Uh, let us know because racing's racing, man. We, we're all passionate about it. That's that's the one thing. It was it was so funny. We told I told the story about how I got into it. I'm seven years old. Devil's Bowl Speedway, the birthplace of the world of outlaws. I mean, you talk about a place for someone to discover a passion for racing. Yeah. That that's not a bad place. Definitely not a bad place. And you know, hit us up on Facebook or the station Facebook and 93.7 The Ticket and our our Twitter. A page right you can catch us on youtube you can catch us everywhere um go back to your old cars um mike so My, what was your first car 19, that you ever had? 1971 grand prix okay grand the, prix yeah big block 400 all right yours is way cooler than mine i had a whatever year that was 1970 something or other toyota corona which no one's ever even heard of because it wasn't a Corolla, which is very popular. The Corona became like the Cressida, which also nobody's ever heard of. And did, I had one of those. Did it run on beer? Yeah, pretty close. I mean, these were my dad's cars. So, hey, I, beggars can't be choosers. So there I was with my Toyota <laughs> Corona. Now, I went I went from the Grand Prix, which was a blast to drive, to a 74 Pendo station wagon. Oh, sweet. Yeah. I needed something with a little bit better gas mileage because uh-huh. I was I was had gotten through uh, high school and I, I was working and I'm like... You know, uh, the racing on O Street is a blast, but um, I, so I, I, a friend of mine, and he actually races sprint cars, and he's in a band here in town. I grew up across the street from him, Doug Lovegrove. Uh, his family sold me this little Pinto station wagon, and so I tended the windows. I put like a $1,200 Kenwood stereo system in it, uh, all the gas savings. Yes. And then I put slotted mags on it, and I put traction bars. Oh, nice. Yeah. So... I would pull the muffler off and then downshift where I could trip the tires. Yep. I would go down O Street. No one would race me. No. Because they thought I had a 302 in uh, Right. Perception is reality. That's how you psych them out, right? Exactly. And I'm like, yep, zero to 60 in about a minute and a half. Oh, my gosh. Well, I uh, I can take your Pinto and raise you a 1974 Chevy Chevette, if you'd like. Now, yeah, um, did not race that, but drove it across country with my brother. Um, That was quite an experience where we, like, slept in the back of the Chevette. Uh, Yeah, not something I would recommend to anyone. I I, I jumped then to a 70-gram Prix that had a factory hood tack on it. Okay. Yep. That was a fun car. Yep. The Grand Prix are great. It's like, I'm trying to think, where did I go after that? I must have had, uh, I'm not sure what happened between there and then having race. Oh, I had a Honda Prelude and I had a Honda Civic. Those were my, you know, before I got into racing. Practical cars. Very practical. I mean, not bad for race cars had I been into racing. And then my first uh, my first race car was a, a BMW 3 Series, a street car. That unfortunately, my very first ride on Road Atlanta, which I loved, um, yeah, it had a known issue of just when you're in red line shifting, uh, banging all the cylinders. So we oh. killed that engine immediately. 
And I won't say on air, but I managed to get that cost covered somehow. So, yeah, that was my first experience, my uh, streetcar. After that, I went to race cars. I was like, no more trash in my streetcar. So. Well, exactly. No, see, I've never, the only racing I ever did was just messing around on O Street. But I always seemed to stumble into cars that were faster than others. Mm -hmm. uh, at one point, I had a 77 Cutlass with the Rocket 350. Oh, yeah. Nice. Uh, I had a 77 El Camino Super Sport that had the LZ1 vet motor that we dropped in Excellent. it. So a good buddy of mine. Uh, put that in there, uh, Scott Gropp, and he's a lawyer down in Wilbur now. Um, and I, I had a, a Jeep, an old-school Jeep Wrangler that had the Safari package on it, so oh, the front yeah. windshield laid down. Yep. Wasn't a race car, but probably the most fun car I ever owned. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, and you get fun when you start to convert things. So I had a what we called the Franken-Beamer, so it was like a 3-series body with an M3 engine in it. So that was my, and that was totally caged out, you know, that was basically gutted. I had a Trans-Am convertible, which would not be a race car, but I put a cage in that, so it was pretty much fun. And then I had a Corvette, I had a 911, I've had, yeah. All those things. Nice. <laughs> Lots of play toys. So where did Absolutely. you end? You ended with your Mazda. Uh, well, Anything yeah, in between? Uh, in between. I also uh, wanted, gosh, I had a 76 Buick Skyhawk that was, had a five-speed. It you had, had a bunch it, of classics, It was a right? little six-cylinder, yeah. but I'll tell you what, the car couldn't have weighed more than like 2,200 pounds because there's nothing to it. <laughs> no, yeah. I could have some fun with that. Yeah. Um, 2,000 pounds is good. My franken being there was about 2,000 pounds on a, on a road course. Yeah. That's good. So how do we get these cars onto the dirt track? <laughs> That's You know what, though? I'll tell you right now, I've, I've driven my car on Eagle Raceway just because, you, you know, no. you'd go out. Now, I, I mean, I wasn't ever Not trying for, to do much right. because um, one other car I had, I, I had a Toyota uh, Corolla. Yeah. Four-door, more rust than paint. And that that I track that I tried to race yeah. around Eagle because I was I think I was trying to blow it up I don't know it just <laughs> it needed to go away, but uh, yeah my '99 Grand Prix was actually probably one of the most fun cars that I had it had the power of the uh, the 3.2 liter V6 and could get up and go and I was driving to Omaha all the time uh, for work and so I'm one of those guys that like if stuff's going on I and and it drives Tracy nuts my girlfriend because I tend to accelerate to get around the trouble oh yes potential trouble that's the only way to go <laughs> as opposed to slowing yes. down yes oh yes no accelerating so, the only way yeah and yeah. and that does a very nice job of it that was always a blast but yeah uh, well I did that on the way to and from Omaha I got to take DP to the airport so he could go to UFC so I was dodging traffic and uh, yeah there's kind of crazy people driving to, <laughs> down to Omaha to the airport but I like getting on the long highway so I can do some of that. And, uh, yeah, you always go faster to get around everything. Exactly. Now, when you were involved with NASCAR, Formula One, and that type of stuff, um, did it ever feel like, and not necessarily with guys that you sponsored, but it, did it ever feel like there was somebody that – the the sanctioning body just had a problem with oh yeah well there was always talk about it right i mean tony stewart <laughs> what? yeah you know he kind of attracts attention on occasion you know yeah. um so yes uh people you know there's always conspiracies i guess you think about that any sport right the mlb guys the referees have it out for this right for this team and they're playing in their hometown or whatever so yeah i think you have some of those things you can hear it in the drivers meeting you know they're talking about different folks and people talking in the pits you know so yes lots of that one of the one one of my favorite uh, interviews with Tony Stewart was following the race at Indy. I don't remember the year, but it was the, the race they literally
literally threw the caution every 10 laps because yeah. <laughs> the Goodyear tires were garbage. Yes. Oh, gosh. Remember that? And, that was terrible. And, and he ca- comes on in the post game oh, and he's like, let him and have he's it. screaming. Let him have it. There's a reason you're not yeah. in this. You're a reason not. <laughs> that's why Hoosier. Yep. It, it was fantastic. Yeah. Well, you know, the drivers needed somebody to say it, right? Because you were dealing with that. That was just an absolute mess. We were actually at that race. So, yeah, it was a mess. It but, was horrible to watch. Well, it was. You know, and I think, you know, talking about cars, I would love to have us have some performance shops come on and talk about, you know, what people are doing with their cars uh, to make the get better performance, what works, what doesn't do. Also, some of the racers, if they can, uh, you know, call in and uh, we can make a chance for them to talk about what they're well, doing with their cars. And I, I mean, I'm, th- I'm going to put a guy on the spot. And, and I know some some friends of mine that are listening right now. And you could tell him that I said this. Uh, but Stewie Snyder, uh, a guy that uh, lives in Waverly, I know his dad really well. Uh, he's one of the most fun guys to to get to know. But he's also one of the best race car drivers. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was out at Eagle last night. Uh, fifth place finish, I think. Uh, tough track. It's kind of a single lane around the bottom. Uh, Trevor Grossenbacher had a nice run uh, around the top to get up to third. But Stu's one of the, the best guys in the business. And I, I told him last night, I said, hey, you got to check out the show. We want to have you on. So I'm going to do Great. everything I can to try to track him down, Let's maybe for on. next week or mm-hmm. the week after, uh, to, to get Stewie to come on. And, and that's the whole thing. This is uh, It's a show about racing. Do you race? Do you love cars? Do you like fast cars? Do you like car shows? We don't care. Uh, yeah, you take your RV and go to the tracks. We were talking to one of our uh, friends of the station here who's a sponsor out there at Eagle, and uh, he piles his family in the RV. He lives out in Waverly, but that's, you know, it's a nightly event uh, to come to the track. It's awesome, right? We'd love to talk about the tracks you've been to, what your experience is, how do you enjoy the races? Well, and the other thing that I want to do, I had an opportunity last night to step into the parts trailer at, at the racetrack. And, and being a guy that did everything I did at the track, I, I would help with track prep. I would weed eat and mow. I would clean bathrooms <laughs> when I needed to. I would fix. There was one night I called a heat race for a pro-am uh, race on a Friday night when my partner at the time, Rick Schwieger, was unable to make it. And one of the fryers had broken in the kitchen. I knew what was wrong. And I had the wireless mic. And I literally would poke my head up and say what was going on as I'm fixing a fryer in the kitchen. I did all of it. And I know how hard that work is. And the people that run the parts trailer, I know how hard it is to try to make sure you've got enough stuff for everybody. Right. And you're not, I mean, inventory control, man. You, oh, you, totally. you got to be lean. Right. Um, lean, and, but you got to have it. <laughs> exactly. But I, want, I, I went in and had a, ch- a chat with the, the, the people in the trailer last night. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to try to get them to come on yeah, and tell their great. story about it. Uh, it's a, share your racing stories. What tracks have you been to? Mm-hmm. All that type of stuff. Uh, it's an hour for you, race fans. Uh, we can sit here and talk about racing all night, every night. Won't make a difference, but the show's going to be a lot better when, when we get more people involved with it. That'll happen uh, probably quicker than... than we're working on it. Yeah. We're getting out and about. We want to see you and talk to you, and we're going to do our homework between now and next week. Absolutely. So like I said, no promises on Stewie next week, but uh, I'll see if I can't uh, get Stu Snyder on uh, as a guest with us next that week. sounds great. Uh, if not the week after. And, and like I said, anybody and everybody, you're more than welcome. Any type of racing, any type of car club, uh, let us know about it. We'll talk about it. We'll look into it and uh, help you guys promote your events and, and go from there. Uh, that'll wrap up this edition of The Finish Line. Austin Norman, great job as always. Rebecca, thanks for jumping in and joining me. My name is Mike Melby. Until next Sunday night at 5 with Tom Stevens on the Husker Rewind and then at 7 here for The Finish Line. Have yourselves a on fantastic week. Sentiments.